Today we're going to explore the magnitude of being a son or daughter of God. It's going to be a good session. I'm Keith. This is Drew. What up? This is Faith and Culture. Thanks for joining us. Uh, the main verse today that I'd like to draw your attention to is Galatians 3, 26, which reads, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. That is a great verse of Scripture. And 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 the, the whole message of it is, this is who you are. This is your identity. For in Christ Jesus, you're all sons of God through faith. Uh, but to put this verse in perspective regarding all sons of God, we need to read the verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, here's something to get you thinking. When God created man, he created him male and female, not male, female, and multiple choice. Uh, he didn't create us as people who get to choose how we want to be identified. He created us, very clear, the Bible says, male and female. Uh, when you find your identity in Christ Jesus, you have a, a healthy self-image of who you are, whether it's male or female. And you praise him for the fact that he made you the way he made you because you understand that, as the Bible says, you were you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That means you are a work of art, a wonderful creation. Uh, so here's the problem for today. When you seek the truth of God's word, like in Romans 1, 21 through 27, you clearly begin to see that because mankind has refused to honor God, to be thankful, that he gave them over to darkened hearts. Uh, it goes on to say, so that their lust was to dishonor their bodies. And he even calls what we see around us in this dishonoring of our bodies contrary to nature. Now think about that, contrary to nature. In other words, even in the natural realm, it's not right. So do they have a sense of there's right and wrong, or everything they see to them that is actually wrong is right? That sounds really confusing. Well, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure that I understand what that question was. But I, I, when your heart's darkened, okay, you just don't see things correctly. You know, just like being in a dark room, you, you just don't see what really is. And uh, and so as a result of that, uh, then because your hearts are darkened and you're driven by your lust, then you you do the things you, your body craves, even if they're not natural. So according to Romans 1, 21 through 27, so gender identification and going through that process is actually a sin. Uh, yes, I believe biblically it's it's absolutely clear that way. Well, I think if we go back to even Genesis, which I, I love going back to this Genesis thing, anything outside the institution of God's creation and design, it's an abomination. We are created in His image, male and female. And you don't get to decide whether or not you want to become something else, another I want to change my gender to a female if I'm a male or vice versa, or even to a 
a cat, okay? <laughs> that's that's not what God's intention of creation. Anything outside of that is an abomination. That's saying, that's simply saying, though, if we choose to do that, that's saying, I know better than God what I should be. And that's a scary spot to be at. And going back to your verse in Romans, that's identifying just what we want to call ourselves, I am God. <laughs> that's a scary spot to be. It's saying that God doesn't know anything compared to what I know. So your identity is very important and shouldn't be treated like a fast food menu item. See, God designed women for a certain role. God designed men for a certain role. Both are needed. Both were created by God for his purpose. He designed them. Marriage is an example of the institution he designed in the same thing that it only functions in the institution of what he's created it for, male and female. And if you're tuning in to this podcast and you're hearing this, there's there's a possibility that you're not going to hear anything else besides that part right there, which would be a shame, all right? Um, because what we really want to share with you is the simplicity of God's beautiful plan. Uh, those who wrestle in this culture war uh, over, you know, uh, gender identification, they are so distracted by sin and the depravity. See, the thing is, it's just pulling them deeper and deeper and deeper into a well, uh, that they don't realize the truth of the message that we we see in the life of Christ. And that is that our natural design is, by, by God's design, and, and when we grasp the natural in light of the spiritual design, then we really begin to understand what God's up to. Um, he created us perfect. Now, see, that's the problem. Um, the biggest problem to me with, with uh, changing my gender, gender is to go, uh, you know, I, I think I could do better than what God did. Yeah. And so... Um, so here's the thing, all right? Sin is the problem with all of these struggles that we have created and are imposing. God is the solution. God created male and female. He has a beautiful plan on what he wants them to do. But only in God can you ever understand that. And what's so sad is, is, you know, the people look at the Bible like it's archaic. But it's the only roadmap. It's the only way that can guide you out of the wells that we dig and start living in. Uh, culture has a way, and this is crazy to me, culture has a way of rejecting God and then turning around and blaming God for everything. Um, it shouldn't be that way. But anyway, uh, through Christ Jesus, what we begin to see is that, that Christ is trying to restore us. Think about that. Restore that means that all of the destructive things that we are privy to, he is trying to restore and bring us back to him. You would say God loves every individual, right? A absolutely. Even while they're still living in sin. Uh, e even if they have literally changed their gender, God still loves them. I believe it with all my heart. That's not what he wanted for him, but he still loves them. And the thing about the unconditional love of Jesus Christ is that he will never stop loving you, uh, even if you reject him. 
even if you say, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in him. It won't change that he loves you. But what I want you to get is, is this. According to the way, Romans 15.3 maps it out. Look at this. As we trust in him, God fills us with joy and peace. As we trust in him, we feel joy and peace. I think most nearly everybody that's dissatisfied with who they are, that are trying to be something that they're not, it's because they don't have joy, they don't have peace, they don't understand. And then, and then if you abound in the hope that he has given us by the Holy Spirit, you have a full life. Now, that is a great plan. It's got joy, it's got peace, it's got hope. Which is really neat because you just kind of said something there. When you act like somebody you're not, it goes much deeper even than just the ginger identification. It's if I'm trying to be somebody that I'm not even called to be. I might even have to change my gender. It, it goes much deeper than that, just the simplicity of simply saying, well, I'm going to try to be this because the person I see over here is this. I'm going to try to imitate Dwayne Johnson because he's the rock. So I'm going to look like him. I'm going to bulk up like him. If that's not what you're called to be, it's not, you can be healthy, of course, but you're trying to be somebody you're not. That's a scary spot to be at in general. And 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 that's the thing is, is that's the message that the world's not getting. Mm. You are exactly who you are supposed to be, and you are enough exactly the way that you are. Um so, but instead, we have a culture that's going in a totally different direction, and they are pushing mm -hmm. our differences and our colors and our genders. And I, I've got a few things I want to say to you about it, and I'm going to be real honest. Uh, in Christ Jesus, there's not black, white, red, brown, yellow. We are not rich and poor. We are not separated as Jews and Gentiles. Uh, we're not even male or female when you actually get to it on a spiritual level. Uh, we have these identifying traits now, and we have roles that go with those. But spiritually, a child of God is a child of God. And um, I'm, I'm a man married to a woman. I have my roles. She has her roles. Uh, that's the way God created us, male and female. Uh, but in the presence of God, who communes with us spirit to spirit, he doesn't see any of that because mm. that's not important. He is relating to us on a spiritual level. And in that spiritual level, he, he says to everybody, you're, well, if you accept him, you're my child. You're a son of God. Uh, this is why Jesus <clears throat> responded the way he did in Matthew 22. You know, they're trying to get this. Well, they're doing what people like to do. Well, they just want to argue. They just want to, you know, well, what about this, you know? But but Jesus really got to the, to the heart of the matter, and he said this to them when they were having this big problem about marriage and divorce and all that. He said, in the resurrection, there is neither Mary nor being given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Now you stop and think about that, okay? We have gone beyond male and female in heaven. We're like an angel. We are an eternal, spiritual being forever and ever and ever. Let me clarify some. We don't turn into angels, though. No. Okay. No. Some of us couldn't qualify anyway. Oh, gosh. Um, when we enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, biblically, we are in Christ Jesus. 
And everything that has separates us is done. It drops off at the bloodline. You're either in Christ or you're not in Christ. You're either his or you're not his. And uh, when, we are, when we are in Christ Jesus, that means that we are a child of God. We are his, literally, Bible would call us in Romans 8, 17, an heir. That means that, that everything that is God's, he has for us. And uh, as an heir, what is God's desires? And that, I can't even comprehend that. I can't, that, I mean, that's absolutely mind-boggling. And then to even, to, 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 you know, look at it further than from this life and these roles and to consider how we would be when we are with him and we, we are, have a glorified body and we have no pain, no imperfections, uh, no depression and discouragement. We're not looking at each other and going, well, I wish I had his nose. Or I wish I had her lips or whatever. None of that because you're absolutely perfect. You see it that way. Uh, what the world, what's going on is the world's dark and messed up. And the logic that it's transferring in its culture is just making people more dissatisfied with who they are. And it, it, it's, it, it's a mess. I want to stop right there before you lead to this next part. You're saying it's a mess. You're saying that it's dark. It's not what God's intention is, right? Is yes. It's it's the depravity of the fall. And it's met and it's caused through what? It's caused through uh, rebellion to His perfect plan. I mean, that's what we started off with uh, talking about earlier in Romans. Is the fact that because we would not. Let God do what God wanted to do because we would not honor him and, and say, yes, Lord, you, you created me. Now, what do you want from me? Because we wouldn't do that, he, 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 he has let us go our way, and our way is downward. Which led us to this part. Yes, which has brought us to this place. So how do you get out of that? Um, well, I think it, if you really want to know, Romans 12, 1 and 2. And uh, I'm going to read this verse to you. It's two verses. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters. So who's he talking to? He's talking to those that are in Christ. All right? Um, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I could, I could spend a lot of time right there. Uh, but that, that whole mentality of, of, of grasping that the, the only thing, what is your real identity is to know God and to love him. That's your real identity. Uh, that's what you were created for. And, and, and so in the midst of all of that, we are told don't conform to the world, but be transformed in the renewing of our mind. And this is the battleground where everything is getting, you know, this is where I be, when I think, okay, I, I think 
this way about myself. I think this way is right, even though it doesn't even, it's not even natural. And all these things. And yet, this is where God's trying to do his work. He's trying to transform your mind. Why? So that you would be able, maybe for the very first time, to understand that God's will, his plan for you, is good, pleasing. Pleasing means it is desirable, and it's perfect. The idea that it's my body, I can do whatever I want, that's a false notion. As a Christian, the Spirit has made a home in us. That's right. It's not I that dwells, it's Him that dwells in us. The Father has created us in His image. And the Son, Jesus, has purchased us with His blood. Your body belongs to Him. So who are we to think that we're in control? Which, again, uh, Romans 9, 12, let me insert that. It says, who are you, O man, to talk back to God? I like, that's what I love about the Bible. It's just straightforward, you know. Who are you to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to him who formed it, why did you make me like this? Yeah, the biggest decision isn't our gender. It's whether or not are we going to obey or not obey the ways of God, His intention, His institution, a living according to His will. Are we going to dive in and obey? That's our biggest decision. It's not about whether I choose to wear this, whether I choose to be this. Do I obey God? Yeah, and the thing is, is, is when you don't know God, then you you have this mentality. You know why? Why did God make me like this? Yeah. But when you know God you immediately have a different mentality that says, thank you, God, for making me like this. You see, the focus, the world's is on the negative, so you got to change it. But the focus of the Bible and truth and, and the love of Jesus Christ is on the positive. And when you go from the negatives to the positives, you begin to go, well, thank you, Lord, for doing this. Uh, God's will is perfect. And I'm going to say this to everybody out there, regardless of who you are, um, This is what he wants you to know about him, that you are loved and that he came to dwell inside of you. And inside of you, you begin to see yourself the way he sees you. And and, and you begin to realize, wow, what God's doing is perfect. It's the best plan for me there could be. God wants you to see yourself as a child, as a an heir to him, and to realize that you have his ear the moment you begin to speak. The moment you hurt, he hears you. The moment you pray, he's tuned in. And and boy, when you begin to get that knowledge that he's that personal, then you begin to realize, wow, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for what God has done. It's going to be hard to understand unless you've really started to experience a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to ask for your forgiveness. You have to walk in according to his to his way. It's not just simply saying, oh, I know Jesus exists. I know God can exist, so I can still do whatever I want to. It's I'm following after him. You know, James talks about, I'll show you my <laughs> my belief by my, my actions. I'll show you my faith by my actions. And James, he talks about that. So, uh, But when it gets down to it, if you're just kind of tuning in and you hear some things in here, uh, people who are 
for or practice trans transgenderism or homosexuality are either usually hated or affirmed by people in this world. As a Christian, though, how do we really approach some of this stuff? And, and as a Christian, we do not hate and we do not affirm. The Bible says to do neither of those. Because of God's Word, we can't be associated to hate and we can't be associated to affirm. So, I'm not about to rewrite the Bible. I know you're not about to rewrite the Bible to fit a certain way. But what we as Christians can do, we can share with others the focus of the Bible. We can share who Jesus is. That's the focus of the Bible. He died for your sins, died for all of my sins. All sin is equal in the eyes of, of, of the Lord when it comes down to it. So while I was still yet a sinner, while anybody's still yet a sinner, Jesus died for us. No longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in us. I don't have an opinion because my identity is not in Jesus, because my identity is now in Jesus, not in the world. My opinion is God's word, though, and it shouldn't be, oh, I love this person and I hate this person. I need to show them who Jesus is. That's my opinion. My opinion, here's God's word. Here's Jesus. Uh, I know it's one of the most overused verses. But uh, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But it is still true, and uh, it's it's a it's a message of deliverance. It's a message of of hope that um, what God is offering is truth. And when you give Him a chance to show His truth is real. Um, the freedom that comes is just absolutely amazing. Uh, listen, please take a moment uh, to like, to, to uh, subscribe, and uh, let your friends know that we're just trying to share the truth and the Word of God. Uh, help us get the message out. And then tune in next time for uh, one of my favorite illustrations on how to know your purpose in Christ. See you next time.